Uh, as a reminder, this episode comes out the day we are doing a charity Twitch fundraiser for the Yellowhammer Fund, which is a charity for reproductive rights in Alabama. Come hang out with us on Twitch tonight. Come donate uh, money to make us watch clips so you can do a good thing and we can have fun. And also, if you care about uh, gerrymandering reform, you can watch a documentary about it that my dad and I made at lineinthestreet.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, introduce the wonderful world of professional wrestling to my friend Rachel Millman. Hi, hello. Hi, hello. Hello, hi. How are you? I, I'm good. How are you? You were traveling all weekend, I was huh? traveling all weekend. I drove to North Carolina and back, which I'm going to go on record as say is too many miles. Did you go by the giant peach or is that further south? I think that's further south. There's a big water tower shaped like a peach. And, and it, it looks like a butt. It looks like an ass and it's and really a, good. An ass and a pussy, like for <laughs> sure. No, thankfully I did not drive by that with my father. Um, <laughs> oh, you would have, Bob would have loved it. Oh, Bob would have lost his whole <laughs> mind about it, but I still would have been like, ooh, brother. I did play our Maki episode for him. And Aww. at the end he said, you remember the part in the Big Lebowski where uh, the cowboy says, uh, you know, I really like you, but you have to curse so much, <laughs> which I thought is an excellent, like parent yes. analysis of the podcast. I was thinking about that the other day. Cause I listened to our Samoa Joe episode and I swear I say so many F words in that. Cause it's like <laughs> the only way I can convey my enthusiasm for Samoa Joe is to just swear. Yeah. Like yeah. constantly. And he also to credit to Bob. He also was like, I understand that you're so enthusiastic that you just have to say <laughs> fucking shit a lot, but I but still feel like I raised you a little wrong. And I was like, no, you're good. You're good. Um, well I have a good segue. Go, can I try it? it? Do it do it okay so speaking of long road trips uh our subjects today a lot of the content we watched was them in cars uh going uh what i what my recent tour mate referred to as uh going road crazy <laughs> and getting road madness and just go being super goofy and crazy all the time uh and we also have a special guest to talk about our subject today oh my god our famed co-producer lb hunk tears is here Hey guys. Oh, my God. They're really good at driving. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good at driving. <laughs> Are you a good driver, LB? Uh, I mean, I'm a good LA driver. So you're just, you're fearless is what you're saying. I mean, I like, I'm not fearless. I just am impatient. Yeah. Uh, and will take risks that I don't necessarily need to take. And... I don't understand politeness. I feel like <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's a good LA driver. For I sure. feel like LA people, if they can't understand an East coast mentality, just have to like tap into how they feel when they're in a car. Mm. And that's an East coaster all <laughs> the time. That is our yeah. permanent mood. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pride over that. That's, that's a good one. We're talking about the Iconics today, by the way. Yeah. Yes. I'm so, I'm so excited. I love them. Oh, my God. So, yeah, like this is kind of an interesting episode because LB has been on, uh, of course, several of our episodes generally to explain Joshi people to us. Um, so this is a little bit of a departure. And correct me if I'm wrong, LB, but it's mostly just because you were like, I really like the Iconics and I really want to talk about them. <laughs> That's 
That's literally it. I mean, okay, <laughs> yes, I do love hard-hitting, stiff, intense, visceral women's wrestling, um, just like the Iconics. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how is that different from the Iconics? Yeah. Famed shoot fighters, the Iconics. Great tell. <laughs> <laughs> just real badasses. Uh, what if, okay, I'm glad they're, uh, I, I'm not glad that anybody's in WWE. I'm glad anybody who I think is talented is making WWE money. Sure. But what if the Iconics had been, the ones to break the glass ceiling or like the glass wrestling ring of women in New Japan. They <laughs> they just brought them in. They're like, we can't deny it. Yeah. <laughs> but like them having an irritating off with like Yano or something or just like pulling horse shit with Yano, unfortunately is not a thing that is happening at this at this present moment, but it should. I would, yeah, I would enjoy that. I would yeah. definitely enjoy, well, like, We'll get into it, but uh, the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, they we've talked a lot sort of indirectly about how we identify with them as annoying people. <laughs> and they're very annoying, but I feel like they have a specialty of annoying men. And so I think that would be very fun in a, a predominantly male promotion to just have them be straight up irritating all can the time. you imagine hearing billy Ka billy and peyton like razzing marty squirrel's entrance oh that'd be oh good oh my god that would be so really, good really good i feel like he needs that in his life <laughs> i feel like everyone in real life does that to him but like right <laughs> I, we don't know though <laughs> uh but yeah that would be very good uh anyway i'm saying they should break that glass ceiling or you know that glass rope whatever you want to put into it it's made out of glass <laughs> Uh, but I guess we should start at the beginning with them because every, everywhere has a beginning and they started, uh, as friends in high school, correct? Not exactly. So they went to the same high school, but they were both like the only wrestling fans at their high school. So they had a weird rivalry over which one of them was a bigger wrestling fan. And then they didn't become friends until they both went to the same wrestling school after high school. That's beautiful to me. Like, I want a movie about them right now because that's like perfect, uh, like internalized misogyny. I'm the best wrestling fan here, like competition with the other woman. And then you realize like, oh, no, we're actually soulmates and we love each that's other. That's a perfect encapsulation, I feel, of a lot of wrestling Twitter's problems. Too. <laughs> it's like, how dare you join me in loving something but <laughs> yeah that's that's a, that should be a beautiful story that should be like you know something pen 15 ask in terms of like how it talks about like women becoming friends <laughs> and staying friends or staying gal pals i guess in this case the idea of like a gal pal gimmick is so funny to me so can you explain what you mean by a gal pal gimmick okay so there's kind of this, like, I guess it's a meme, um, and like an old, pretty old meme of people looking at characters in fiction or women in real life who are in romantic relationships and not seeing the romantic relationship and just being like, no, they're just yep. best buds. Got it. Okay. They're You're Kristen Stewart's buds. tabloid uh, exploits. I was going to go with yeah. um, Ellen Page and Clea Duvall. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like the fact that they are then taking that and being like, yeah, no, we're just best friends. <laughs> it's like so universe brain to me. It's really good. It also, it does kind of like 
so it's interesting because like they're both like beautiful and they're both like in these, you know, skimpy wrestling outfits and they come out holding hands and there definitely is that kind of teasing of that, but I really don't feel like it is meant to titillate. It's like, no, we just are really good friends. (laughs) Like it seems very much for them and not for us. Yes, exactly. It's, I, I feel similarly of just kind of like, no, like, because they also, I think if they only did that and they weren't like supremely irritating, (laughs) screaming women, we might feel differently, (laughs) but because they do that and then they like scream hello at everyone, like, I think that is part of what helps it be like, but what helps us filter it through like a 2019 feminism lens in a way that we're like, oh no, I rock with this completely. Right. Yeah. It's, I'm not going to say people aren't like horny about this because they definitely are but it's like dudes that are horny about this that I know are horny about it because they're like please bully me like that's how they're horny about it step on me queen (laughs) I would have to disagree that like I I mean maybe you don't you don't feel like they're doing it for you but I absolutely feel like they're doing it for me (laughs) yeah that I guess I I should like Billy Kay's like has such a specific live journal bisexual energy to me (laughs) Her fucking up, up, down, down nickname is Buffy. Yeah, that is amazing. It's just Buffy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That. Thank you for clarifying, because that is very true. I guess it's just like, it's it's that specific uh, tone that, like you, like you said, you do not often see in uh, mainstream wrestling. They're appealing very directly to a very... A specific slice of of uh, wrestling fandom that is pretty much like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, but I do agree that it isn't like it doesn't have the same feeling as like the, the like weird softcore like brawn panties uh, attitude era shit. Yeah, that I is, guess it's not that kind of sapphic energy. It's a annoying girl. <laughs> it's much more like realistic. Energy sexuality I think like I guess the when I'm saying it's not meant to titillate it's I, I'm thinking more of that like they could be doing like vignettes of them at their slumber party or something and like that is very much not the vibe and I appreciate that yeah the <laughs> the vibe I immediately got off of them was two like screaming drunk girls who are the last at someone else's birthday party Mm. that are yeah. just like like a cabs will not pick them up because they both look like they're about to barf <laughs> they're like if they're if their kayfabe backstory was like we met in a bar bathroom and we're just like so supportive of each other that we left the bar bathroom like eternally bonded to one another i'd be like that makes a lot of sense to me <laughs> That makes, yeah, no, they definitely bonded over lending each other a tampon and complaining about the same dude out there or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get him. Or- <laughs> <laughs> I just keep on thinking about, like, remember that article about frexting? What? And everyone was like, frexting, sexting your friends. Oh, and okay. everyone was like, no one sexts their friends. That's insane. Wrong. These two sex their friends. Like, they sex each other even though they're just friends. First of all, that that's... These two people. That's it's only them. I, I will say it is not only them. It I is not only them. I definitely send my friends nudes, like, way more than I've ever sent men I was interested in. I'm nudes. so glad that we <laughs> can finally talk about on this show the phenomena of whenever you get into any sort of group chat or Facebook group or anything like that. I'm applauding. Kathy, you got to break it into. in. Yeah. You got, <laughs> um, any like non-men 
group DM or group text or Facebook group or whatever you want to call it, there is of the very specific and beautiful <laughs> phenomena of like everybody gets added, everybody gets really excited about it. And within the first 72 hours, everyone posts their junk. Everyone posts <laughs> their boobs or their ass or their crotch. And it is like this, I, it's a phenomena I deeply want to examine of like <laughs> why that happens where everyone just goes, yeah, look at my nipples. And like, it's, it, it's the same energy that I, that that's frexting to me. Yeah, completely. definitely. It's, it's definitely a form of it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there's that and there's like uh toilet selfies, like taking a selfie when you're on a toilet, yeah. which I feel like the Iconics definitely also send those to each other. I, that I do with uh i don't just do those with non-men though to be fair i used to be in a, a very active group dm called action shots and it was just toilet <laughs> selfies and, like, i hate that no it was really good everyone got really creative <laughs> that upsets me i don't like, like that i learned a lot about like what i can do within the realm of like a self-timer and like waste up <laughs> so i have i have i have a, I have a- clarifying question yes so you said sending nudes to your friends but they're friends you're not trying to friend fuck they're just like like not even like a little bit like not even like maybe at some point like if it's right it's just like completely non-sexual it is to me it's like hey dude you have sweet nips and then yeah says thanks man it's it is purely like i it like when I've sent them to people, it is uh, purely like because I want a compliment without the threat of mixed messages of like, I just want to like feel good about myself right now. And you telling me I have like nice tits is going to make me feel good about myself. But I don't want to like fuck you. Like, yeah, I have no yeah. like it's pretty much a phenomenon, I think, pretty exclusively to like women who don't often or like never hook up with women sending it to other women like it's this mostly straight women my mind <laughs> i'm so glad we could unlock these secrets for you of straight culture somehow <laughs> so hetero female weird. culture <laughs> <laughs> no i i i guarantee that other women who listen to the show feel like a very similar phenomena yeah. i mean i've like, definitely also like i think it also has led to people like fucking each other like oh don't sure. get me wrong yeah. like there is it's it's not like everybody is doing it like this but i do think that it is like surprisingly common like most women i know my age send nudes to their friends or have in the past i'm like i can't remember if i've sent you any and it's weird to me that i can't remember it because it feels like i have i don't think we've sent each other any but we did take some together when we went to the beach that oh that's right yeah no we go to the topless (laughs) beach together sometimes hey listeners pledge at a higher rate (laughs) i have my hands on my head just like trying to process this like like, i have had straight women friends like show me their boobs before and then i had sex with all of them right (laughs) well that's i feel like it's different if it's somebody who you know is like into women and down the cloud yeah 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 and then it is like a little bit of both i feel like where they were probably curious but then also, uh, you did the right thing by just then fucking all of them. <laughs> you, you, thank you for banging your friends, Albie. You did the right thing. <laughs> Finally, I've been waiting all these years to be thanked for my service. You are valid. <laughs> you are valid for banging your friends. This is. I. I feel like this is a wonderful like 
meeting of these two cultures that uh, can only happen in an episode about the Iconics, which is like (laughs) the pie chart of like true platonic gal pals and coded lesbian gal pals coming together and having a cultural exchange. It's very beautiful. I really want to thank you for finding the way to bring this conversation back to the alleged topic at hand. And I think you're really good at it. And I think you have a lot of talent and I think you have sweet nips. Thank you so much. (laughs) I feel so empowered right now. So other things that empower us are um, annoying wrestlers who live in Philly. Look at that. Look what I just did. I don't that understand where this segue is going to. Johnny uh, Gargano. Is, that's is, where- oh, <laughs> I forgot he was a Philly boy. Yeah. yeah good he's one. A Philly boy. Um, so one of their earliest things that we watched was uh, this wonderful uh, compilation reel of the Iconics just annoying the shit out of Johnny Gargano whenever <laughs> possible and being incredibly successful at it, which, you know, thank you. Those are the real troops to me. What, people who annoy Johnny Gargano? or People just- who annoy wrestlers from Philly and would maybe <laughs> want to have them watch matches they're in or come on their podcast. <laughs> That's, so you're just, okay, I see, I see what you're doing here. Thank you. I'm following how you're identifying with them in this situation. Oh, I even, like, you, you know, as listeners may know, we have been trying to get, uh, uh, AEW talent Chuck Taylor to commit to a fucking date to come on this show and like the Iconics going up to Johnny Gargano and leaving a note in his locker of like come to our match here's our flyer is me replying to Dustin on Instagram just give me a yes or a no so I can plan my weekend <laughs> and that's an energy I really identify with so you're you're reading the Iconics as more just like assertive um I guess I mean still obnoxious but assertive and obnoxious at the same time yeah like that's what I really enjoy about them is that like as a and Kath and I have talked about this on this show before too as like a person who grew up with my personality and being like loud and being annoying and being a combination of those two things very often is like watching Growing up and not only like being comfortable with being that person, but like really boldly loving being that person, you can get a huge charge out of the Iconics because they are so fully that. They are annoying everywhere they go and they only love each other more and their friendship and their bond, whatever it may be and whatever you personally choose to code it as, only strengthens. Yeah, I think like to me when I see them like bullying Johnny Gargano or just like they're so like shrill and like I I I don't want any of our listeners to get offended but I do think it helps that they have one of the most annoying accents you can have which is Australian it like really helps it it makes it and they really lean into it in like a wonderful way I want to say not all Australian accents because I've heard some lovely ones but like they really lean into like that ain't a knife level. <laughs> I, I feel like their Australian accents, their kayfabe accents are like they listen to Americans doing Australian yeah. impressions and said, let's incorporate that. They're definitely trying to be annoying. Uh, oh, for yeah. sure. But like, I think the thing that I really like about that is that like, to me, they remind me, and I used to kind of do a joke about this, about how like the, one of the most like liberating things you can do as a woman in our society is be part of a bachelorette party because (laughs) because 
you have Go you, on. you have license to be so fucking annoying. Like you are allowed to just be the most uh, like obnoxious, screaming uh, piece of shit. Piece of shit. In the, and you're just like it's like accepted like you're just allowed to do that if you're in a bachelorette party and I feel like the Iconics are like a two woman bachelorette party where they're just like they they gather strength from the fact that they are both that annoying and it just makes them act even more annoying and it's yeah. like I like I one time went as a bachelorette party for Halloween just because I wanted license to be that annoying again and Every, it was so fun everyone wants to be turning 21 again yes all the the time it's the same vibe it's a similar energy but i would say a bachelorette party is very much owning it and but by the end of your 21st birthday like you have your one wrist has gone limp and you're going take me home now and you become demure a bachelorette party ends in screaming you fall asleep screaming yeah it's (laughs) like being in a bachelorette party is like it's like the girl version of like jackass like you're just enabling each other to be more and more crazy and more and more just like flagrantly obnoxious and it's like awesome and this is why i I should i personally should never have a bachelorette party (laughs) because i'm already willing to be girl jackass all the time (laughs) this is all yeah like i feel like i'm once again, just like learning so much about a culture <laughs> I am not part of. I've been to one bachelorette party in my life. It was this year and or I guess it was the end of last year. And I got a lap dance from a guy, a stripper who looked exactly like Drake Younger. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Wow. Again, excellent segue if we were willing to do that. God damn. Wow. <laughs> It was really uncomfortable. All I could think about was that he looked like Drake Younger and I thought he was going to open his mouth and start like doing the like sweetest deathmatch guy from the South voice. <laughs> Southern accent. Yeah, yeah. Isn't Drake Younger like a super Christian guy? So it's probably if anyone has like a Drake Younger crush, like hit up LB. They'll tell you how to get this dude's contact info for a lap dance. <laughs> I um, basically I think when I really tapped into that uh, bachelorette party energy was a couple years ago when my sister was in a wedding of a girl that we both went to high school with and I was invited to the bachelorette party and everyone was very demure at the beginning of the bar and I was like guys this is the night where you can scream at people to buy you shots and they have to and yeah, I like really encourage them into all eventually puking and I did my job right and I good feel job. really good about it. Um, we should probably talk about the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, probably. It's get... been like 20 minutes. I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, the first match we watched was, um, Asuka versus Nikki Cross versus Peyton Royce versus Billy Kay, a four-way match, um, for the NXT Women's Championship. It was from TakeOver San Antonio 2017. Uh, this was really fun. I really like this because... It's them against each other, which obviously you think like they're because they're heels. They're like annoying. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, do you think they're heels at this? Like, how are yes, they portrayed at NXT? They're heels. They are yeah. heels. Okay. Yeah. Did you watch like at the um, this the lead up to this was basically that like Asuka's claimed there was no competition left in NXT mm-hmm. for her. Um, and then the Iconics, then the iconic duo um, yes. jumped her. Right. Okay. Yeah. Show. 
And yeah, they were complete heels. They were really rude and awful. And like, this is around when I, this was like right before I kind of fell in love with them. Um, as just these two shrill, horrible orange <laughs> women who dress up like super villains for no reason and came to the ring holding hands. Um, yeah. And like, so it's set up like they're, they're, bad they're bad bad guys uh and they're friends and we've we've talked about on the show about how wwe hates friends and if you're friends you're always bad and uh but it's also set up as like your heels your friends one of you is going to turn on the other one that's because you're bad and self-interested and and so like you're not going to work together and they work together the whole time it's beautiful it's wonderful and i also have to say that like this is an interesting sort of balance of different types of chaos mm. like yeah like like you i would say nikki cross is true chaos and with nikki cross there the iconics kind of become lawful chaos in their own right which is interesting to see because they're usually the ultimate chaos in any in any match in any situation because mm. they're always just screaming about themselves <laughs> and always preening for more attention but with nikki cross though they kind of I really like the dynamics of this because there's so much like this. It, I wouldn't have minded it if they had been like, ew, you freak, go away. But instead <laughs> they're just kind of like, oh, how do I deal with this when Nikki Cross is doing her whole thing at them? And then you have Asuka there like, please kick my ass. I invite you to try. And <laughs> they don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the way they work together the whole time and the way the commentary supported that I thought was really funny. And I thought that was a very interesting way especially when Oscar was like title reign Oscar. Or was that, I assume that was at the beginning of a reign, correct? This Middle was like reign? midway. Yeah. Like towards the end. Yeah. I think this is just a really good primer in like ways to use the Iconics. Um, like in general, I think their strengths other than just being super annoying and hilarious <laughs> are like, I said, I say this really like in the kindest way possible, like, really good jobber strength. They make their opponents look strong. Mm -hmm. Peyton Royce can take a move like nobody's business. She like the way she flops around. Um, and like, you see this a bunch in, in, in several other things we watched and like, they make Oscar and Nikki cross look so cool and strong in comparison to their cowardly friendship silliness. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I thought this was a good one to, to start with. That's a really good point because, um, I, I think that there's like people get so weird about like comedy wrestling, I think. And I think one of the reasons is because you're like, if if it's not done well, it makes the whole match seem unserious. Even the people who aren't like funny and like they definitely don't do that. They all they do is serve to to make uh, the other people look stronger, even as they're being like legitimately very funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also just think like I like this match a lot because it's the wrestling is great. I mean, like, especially Oscar and Nikki cross, like Oscar, even like they're, they're awesome. Like they're really good, but also everybody in this match has such a well-defined character. And that is so missing from like main roster WWE women stuff is like, yeah, you know exactly who all of these people are. Even if you haven't watched like a ton of NXT at this point, because the characters are so well-defined and the, the characters their characterization informs the way they wrestle. And that like makes such a huge difference in terms of like wrestling being a narrative thing versus wrestling, just being like a lot of really cool flips and stuff. Yeah. And this match has that so much. And I think that that's what 
like Peyton and Billy have so like like you said like they're they make their opponents look strong they're not like incredible wrestlers but they're so they're good at being the characters in the match itself not just on the mic you know what I mean absolutely um and just I like the the little ways that they supported each other in this match and kept going was just it was so much fun to me just to like watch and rewatch them just kind of like oh no I'm gonna set you up we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and you know I also I it was really fun to watch the you know the match end and Oscar win because I love watching Oscar win yeah it's pretty fun yeah it's pretty fun (laughs) One of my favorite things uh, about the four way is there's that that moment they have after Oscar kicks out when from when they both try to pin her together, where they like are looking at each other like we can do this, I can do this. It's like just genuinely really sweet. I just think it adds a lot to the character and is one of the things I really like about wrestling is that in the heels aren't the same thing as like always like a bad guy. Like they can be sympathetic, they can have things about them that you like, um, and. Uh, another time they did that, they did something similar that I really enjoyed was uh, in the Royal Rumble this year mm-hmm. when Billy Kay came out and like refused to get into the ring until <laughs> Peyton Royce had also come. That was so good. Uh, <laughs> I do want to say before we get into that, to your point about heels, something that I think about sometimes um, when I did the the bonus episode that you can check out on our Patreon if you pledge uh, that I did with J.R. Goldberg about Lucha he talked about how, like in Lucha, the um, the Technicos and the Rudos, Technicos are baby faces, Rudos are, are heels, are introduced as such at the beginning of the match. Like they say, and you're Technicos and you're Rudos. And I thought that was really weird because I'm like, shouldn't that just be like, shouldn't that just describe your character? Like that seems like more of a meta term than like something that's is, like explicitly within the wrestling. And he was like, it helps to think of, a Technico and a Rudo as not so much bad or good, but as differences in approaches to Mm -hmm. wrestling as like a a thing. And I feel like that is what uh, I've started to think about babyface and heel more like that, where it's like, it's, it's more your approach to it rather than are you good or bad? Because like you have people like the Iconics who their whole thing is that their friendship is like incredibly strong. Their relationship, whatever it is, is super mutually supportive, super incredibly strong. And if they were really like bad guys, like you wouldn't have that element to it. It's more like our approach to winning matches is that we just scream everyone's ears off. We scream everyone's ears off (laughs) and and, we're cowards and cheat vaguely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. Women's rumble. Amazing. I would say, a very much larger breakout moment for them. Because, like, I mean, when they came back from their vacation together. Oh, yeah. Every- <laughs> we, we should talk about that because it rules. Vacation together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when they went on vacation together, they may have gotten similar surgery. <laughs> Who's to say? That is true fucking friendship. Like, that is beautiful to me. I just imagine them, like, recovering at, on, like, a beach with, like, they each have, like, their coconut cocktail and their boobs are all bandaged up. And, oh, like- they held hands in the same room. <laughs> There's like no way they did it, uh, but they took time they off. Actually, oh, sorry. They actually did post a uh, poolside picture. Yeah. In recovery I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> they did beautiful. a whole like, fr- like, you know, I'm going to say partnership photo shoot because you can <laughs> mold whatever you want out of that word. Um, but <laughs> they, well, they came back post WrestleMania last year 
and I believe Peyton had short hair and it was a great look for her. Um, and everyone was freaking out about it who already liked them. But the breakout moment, I would say, for a wider audience was their post-Rumble interview. Um, but them at the Rumble is so funny. Like, Billy... If I hope they never ever break up because they're perfect, but like Billy is such a comedic force yeah. to me. She's so good. Like her screaming so loud, you can hear her on every commentary mic at the Rumble going, like, I'm not going in. You can't make me is <laughs> so, so funny. And like her being terrified, I think it was again by nikki cross mm-hmm. yep uh yep. and like getting like shoved into the the barricade was so so funny and then you know peyton running in to like rescue her friend is incredible i loved it so much the um, way billy k stands is funny <laughs> yeah she has when, when she's standing there saying like she's i'm not gonna go in she has just this like squat <laughs> where she's just yelling at the crowd like no i'm not gonna do any there's something that's like it's such a bizarre way to hold your body her <laughs> elbows get really sharp and she's <laughs> like she's not doing like a slav squat or anything like that she kind of has the same physicality as when like bill Hader plays an old man yeah hello it's, it's really good it's like she's bracing herself like yeah. she's like i will not be moved from this spot <laughs> yeah she has like she does have that thing that i think it's really rare and i i see it sometimes in comedy where it is like these people who just before they have even sort of been introduced as what they are in like their scene or whatever it is you're just already laughing because they're like, <laughs> there's just something about them that is so funny. And yeah, with Billy Kay, it's like when she, when they're doing like uh, backstage promos and stuff, like she's funny even when she's getting ready to talk. Like she is so, <laughs> and it, it is like, that is such a natural thing. I mean, clearly she has learned how to do this and it is like, it's a performance and a craft, but like that is a really, really special power. I know like, three people that I would say have that power she's it's one of those things too where you see people who are that funny and you're like I would get mad and jealous of of you but I'm having too good of a time (laughs) watching you do this and like if I think about it later I'm gonna be like sad that I'm I'm glad that power is in her hands because she does so much with it yeah and um, just, ah, she's so good. So what her. in the R- Rumble interview did you want to talk about? The post-match? Uh, did you go to journal- journalism for that? <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, they kind of got eliminated from the Rumble almost exactly at the same time, correct? Twinsies. Twinsies, because Billy got in ring and then Peyton came in to rescue her and she actually i have to say peyton's superhero run in to get to her friend was like truly beautiful amazing yeah wonderful and she's wearing like slightly odd gear but it looks great on her because she's stunning and like most things look great on her um uh and they get both get eliminated and then you know the backstage interview happens and it's like how do you feel about it how do i and like it's the no it's it's did you it's kathy kelly saying sorry um, it's Kathy Kelly asking, did you get eliminated? <laughs> <laughs> Which in 
itself is a really funny setup. It rules, yeah. Yeah, like, I know she asks it in an engaged manner, but in my <laughs> mind, it's somebody, like, backstage going, did you get eliminated? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> she also, she does a really good job not breaking in that, and it's like, because it's so funny. That's a difficult job that she had. Was that I the mean, she does break, <laughs> she, she's, she still does an impressive job of just not losing her fucking shit, which right. is what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's no she's no mean gene. She's not playing it super straight, but she's trying her best. Uh, but was that the debut of the best like catchphrase of all time? I want injected into my veins, which is "You got to be joking me." <laughs> was that then? Maybe it's the. I mean, it's like like Rachel said. This it is their. This was like their breakout moment, and Billy Kay was so on that day that yeah, that she came out. And the Rachel, do you want to? I can't do the accent. Like, you gotta please. be joking me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a you delight. go to journalism for that. Also, extremely good. It's so good. If you go to journalism for that. <laughs> you go to journalism for that. You gotta be joking me. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be joking me. You had a. You should make that point you made before. We yeah. What I specifically love about this is that she became. I guess the phrase is iconic. What else are you gonna yeah. go with? Within this moment, in a way that is, I think Billy Kay is a very eloquent person. There's a reason she's sort of like more the promo person on this tag team, but she kind of loses her grasp on language and her passion for reacting in a way that isn't usually afforded to women. And she gets to be goofy and still be taken seriously and still beloved in a way that I think only men get to have a lot of the time. Um, and it's really, it's, it was really wonderful to me. And I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who I can compare it to because I know that there are like, you know, there are men who are known for their red carpet interviews of like being fucked up or having weird phrases or whatever. And like, that is often pointed out, I would say, in like stand culture and in like gifts of like, oh, look at him. He doesn't know how to talk. He's a mushmouth or whatever. But the way she harnesses it to me is so special. And I, I, I wish I could speak more eloquently on the topic on her ineloquence. <laughs> and I just I, I, I love it. And I need to think about it forever. <laughs> I mean, I think the solution is we all need to go to journalism for this. Yeah. And we'll know how to talk about it. <laughs> I think like the the thing I would draw is like I, I th there are like women who who do this, but I think a dumb woman or like an ineloquent woman means different things culturally than like a dumb man. Like, I mean, we talk s so much about like our affection for like dumb hunks for like, himbos. That's, yeah, that's so much of what the show is about <laughs> is like pro himbos and. <laughs> Part of it is just that we're generally not like, you know, as like attracted to women or whatever. But like this show also needs we need to be clear that we are also pro bimbos. Like, yeah, bimbos are very important. Bimbo, right. But, <laughs> I but don't, she's not even a bimbo. She's not a bimbo. And that's she's, what's interesting about it. She's a cerebral, cerebral bimbo. Unless <laughs> I try to like say that word. <laughs> but I think that might be the way to yeah. phrase it is that she's she's an intelligent bimbo. Because she doesn't have the negative connotations that like a dumb woman has in that moment. Like it's very it's embraced the way that, like you said, uh, a dumb hunk on a red car or like is. a mean, drunk Elton John. <laughs> I think she's too malevolent to be a bimbo. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's a really good so, point. <laughs> like 
thank you. Uh, <laughs> finally, my wheelhouse. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, an angry, silly, goofy, like, just can't contain her rage. So she says weird stuff person. <laughs> There's yeah. no word for that yet. But there needs to be. And maybe that word is just like a Billy. Yeah. <laughs> or a Buffy. A Buffy. A Buffy. <laughs> uh, if for listeners, if you don't know, on Up, Up, Down, Down, which is Xavier Woods' YouTube channel, her name, her gamer tag on there is Buffy. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be talking oh, about it. Oh, that's her. right. That's right. My bad. <laughs> it's all good. It's very important that people know that because it's a it's really good huge. fact. It's, <laughs> it's hugely important. She posts like fan art of herself like as Buffy on her Instagram. Ah, that's so good. I also, I love specifically her gear billy's gear is so good like her velvet onesie in that nxt match is like i would just wear that they sell that at h&m i hope there needs to be more velvet singlets in wrestling like everybody in a velvet onesie it always is amazing but like in velvet and she's wearing weird high neck lace stuff but still having like her impressive abs on display and she's got this like we talked about her inherent funniness and how she's so she's so good at it. Her big, like round face with like giant red lipstick screaming is like it really helps elevate that characteristic of like such an innately funny human being. Yeah. And I, I love it. I love it so much. She's so good. So after the Royal Rumble, um, the next month it's Elimination Chamber and it's the this is the first thing with women's tag titles, right? Isn't this them? crowning the first champs is that right i believe so yeah i think there used to be a women's tag championship like way 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 back but right. then that they pretended that never existed right uh, <laughs> they brought it back so, that sounds yeah. nothing like wwe <laughs> yeah but so yeah it's it's a it's an elimination chamber match uh to determine the the first new edition of tag team women's tag team champions and uh it's interesting because they're one of the only like real tag teams like the other ones are sort of put together, a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, they, this match is really good. I really liked it's it. So I loved this match. Um, but they really, really elevate it. And it, you know, because they're like a specific tag team, they have a specific dynamic already. And so you can really build, like the whole section of the match that they're in is really built around them. They're really the glue that holds it together. And it's because like, from a physical standpoint, they just are really used to working with each other, but they also have such a strong like story and such a strong character that it, it really, really helps that portion of the match. And uh, they get to do a lot of fun coward shit. <laughs> that, oh, uh, them running such back into the shit. into the the chamber itself Amazing. and trying to hold the door shut. So good. Is oh, one of the good. it's genuinely so goddamn funny. It's awesome because it is both funny and like scary. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, like you, like you said earlier, I'll be like, it makes Nia Jax and Tamina look so scary. Nia yeah. Jax and Tamina are the Raptors, yeah. and like Peyton and Billy are the children hiding in the kitchen in Jurassic Park. It reminded <laughs> me a little bit of when we did our episode about Adam Cole. Cause like Adam Cole has the same like run and hide somewhere type like vibe. Like when we watched him in War Games, he like climbs up the cage to get away yeah. from people. Like, <laughs> that kind of thing. It yeah. <laughs> I really really loved that. I thought it was so much fun. I love cowardly heel shit. So that's one reason I'm such a big Iconics fan. But like again, <laughs> there's that moment though in that match where they're in there and like 
Nia and Tamina have like, you know, broken through the doors and they look at each other yeah. and it's, they look at, it's like, a they look at each other and like mouth, like I love you or something like they're about to shoot die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the fucking end of Titanic or something. Like it's, yeah, yeah. it's. They would both lie on the door, to be fair. <laughs> they would. They would spoon they would. on the door. They would finally And it would out. sink, and then they would both die. They, they would, no, they, no, they would find a lifeboat, kick off all the kids, and then take it for themselves. <laughs> that is absolutely what would happen. I, yeah, I feel like we have to take out the Titanic thing because they would never lose their voices and have to depend on a measly whistle. That's true. <laughs> or they would finally, like, harness their volume and get echolocation and stay above the water. <laughs> They'd do something. I have faith in them at the, at the Titanic. <laughs> um but like i mean even the way that they enter this match and the way they try they they attempt to act tough at people behind cages and still are chicken shit heels is so funny of like when it's just everything about it is good and they it's usually with el- elimination chamber matches i hit a point where i'm like these rules are very clunky and i <laughs> i'm 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 a little concerned but they they kind of carried it all the way through perfectly mm-hmm. and i feel like maybe that's because i love them maybe because that's we watched all this material for this episode i feel like they can that's they should be in all silly gimmick matches because they themselves are inherently silly and yeah. they could help really make it fun like i can't imagine them in a ladder match them in a ladder match is like the funniest shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be really fun. Yeah. I ain't climbing that. Or like Billy screaming about having vertigo or something at the top. <laughs> would be very, very good. Uh, but also like Peyton really goes in this because she's a yeah. she's she's I, I nothing against Billy, who we have spent most of this episode glowing about. Peyton is a good wrestler. Yeah, she's definitely like better in the ring. She's really good. They also have some like really cool tag moves. Like I like their pinning combination. I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And there's something about their whole energy that I love the idea that essentially you know how when boys in middle school and early high school would send, set somebody up where they would somebody would get on all fours behind a guy and then the other person would push them over him so that he would tumble further. No. No. <laughs> this is I don't know if this is a universally relatable experience. No, no, this is this is I've seen this happen a lot. Nate probably knows what I'm talking about. Um but like the, that sort of translates to Billy setting up her knee and Peyton pushing somebody into it of just kind of like it's true tag team nonsense in that they both have to have an element in it to get the move done is that's very very good to me. <laughs> Uh, should we move on to the next thing? Yeah. Do you have anything else to say, LB? Uh, I think I got it in there with the, yeah, the, but I really wanted to talk about was that like, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's really good. So yeah, they did lose the elimination chamber match, uh, but they stayed in the title picture for the women's tag team titles, um, which were won by Sasha and Bailey. And then are supposed to be defended across all the brands and I am like so glad I made you guys watch this and remembered to grab this, um, which was them crashing the fast lane kickoff show, which is like the most cursed combination of things. Like fast lane, such a <laughs> shitty pay per view. Yeah. Kickoff shows are always bad, um, but the two of them crashing this to like talk about how much they 
I don't know how much they hated everybody on the panel <laughs> slash wanted a title shot, but didn't know where, how they could find Sasha and Bailey was just, yeah, I just <laughs> love that. It does rule that it's like, I can't think of anything more just like irrelevant than the fast lane kickoff show. Like it is, it's like the WWE version of like public access. Like no, like, yeah, yeah. No one is watching this. And yeah, then they come on and just create magic with all of these like, <laughs> random nobody panelists that are like bothering that poor John Glazer looking dude whose name I will never memorize because he looks that much like John Glazer. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. They make true magic of like, where are they? And it's just, I, I love it and I should be banned from watching it again because I'm going to keep doing a piss poor impression of them. I do. (laughs) And it's very good. But yeah, it did. Can this like, segment did contain another like perfect Billy Kay statement, uh, which is, I don't think we need to a ask that question or B answer it. (laughs) Very good. That's a very, very good. That's perfect. Thank you. Why aren't they on total divas? They would be so good because they deserve their own show. (laughs) I, you know how there's all like those HGTV shows and other shows about like unfuck your life. I want the Iconics TV TV show to them be like, show you how to make your room really messy (laughs) or like something like that. Destroy it. (laughs) Yeah. Or like how to, how to, you know, cause chaos in a local (laughs) bar is like, that's, that's the Iconics TV show. I feel Uh, (laughs) genuinely miss talking smack. Uh, which yeah. I, I mean, you guys just saw like little bits of, but was this unscripted uh, SmackDown after show thing, which they would have been so good on. Yeah, they would have dominated and, it. Yeah. So I, I again, like things that can't happen because they are over. But like, imagine the Iconics versus uh, Jericho and Kevin Owens. <laughs> That's incredibly similar energy in terms of shit talking that I love and uh adore everybody rolling out of the ring at the same time (laughs) (laughs) everyone being a coward (laughs) that's an interesting comparison though that i probably wouldn't have thought of uh to jericho and kevin owens where not only obviously you have like the friend thing as like everyone hates us because we're friends yeah which is like very fun but it also has the same like mutually enabling vibe of like (laughs) we're having so much fun so i'm going to like egg you on to be your most like obnoxious version of yourself yeah they definitely both have that uh i think in the episode we compared it to sign my yearbook megan yeah they're like everyone is sign my yearbook megan in that yeah yeah and it would it would probably be a terrible match but i would have (laughs) such a wonderful time watching it and i would thank my lucky stars after their uh their valiant search for uh sasha and bailey on fast lane they finally get them to come to smackdown to have a non-title match I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, and they were, they have this incredible and immediate entrance of just screaming things at them nonstop. And I also have to say that I didn't, I watched the full beginning of that SmackDown episode and it actually speaks even more to their power because it's like in an isolated moment, it's great and you should watch it and you should have a great time and you should enjoy the iconic specific talent for being insanely loud. But right before that happens, the Miz cuts an incredible promo on Shane McMahon. And it's like, how do you you find yourself going like, oh, man, how is this show going to go forward from here? Because this was like a really stirring, great promo. And then 
it manages to go forward from there with Billy Kay screaming and Peyton Royce screaming. And it's just a real example of their pure talent. And also I have to give it up for Peyton on this one because she just, she gets just as annoying and shrill on it, if not more so. Uh, and it's uh, good for her. I'm glad she also got in on that part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, definitely on the record as like pro screaming like the more screaming there is in a match like the more I'm going to be into it and so I like them (laughs) (laughs) uh but they uh LB uh why did you choose to include this match so I knew you guys like I know you guys had seen the um the match at Wrestlemania where they ended up winning the titles Mm because we all watched it together in that bar um so I thought like okay what if I showed you guys this like really good two-on-two tag team match that they had with Sasha and Bailey, And I wish that there were more of them. And I miss Sasha Banks so much. Um, so yeah, it was mostly that. Cause yeah. I Sasha Banks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean the, this is like, I think after, I think my favorite was the four way. Yeah. Um, and then, but like this one has like the sort of same vibe in the sense that it's like this is just sort of purely really good wrestling yeah i would say actually in terms of their wrestling ability i think this is their best which is cool because it's also one of the most recent things that we've watched which Mm -hmm. means that they're learning and uh like the character stuff is already so solidly down um and they're like young they're pretty young right do do, lb do you know how old they are billy is uh, um like a week younger than i am so she'll be 30 next month. And Peyton is younger. She's born in 92. All right. So, like, I just feel like there's a very, very high ceiling for them. Yeah. I mean, they're not as young yeah. as I thought they were, which uh, looking great. Good job. But uh, <laughs> that's spray tan. That's like, <laughs> yeah, they look orange as hell, but they are taking better care of their skin. Very true. And spray tan will hide a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I used to, when I worked in TV, would occasionally get airbrushed hands and... They're so stupidly expensive and not worth it. But also like you look so great. I started using self tanning drops in my moisturizer and like I look younger and I look like I have better skin. It's great. I I was was jumping in the tanning bed this winter because I was like trying to not have seasonal affective disorder. So I was like, let me try to get a little sun. But then I had to stop because I was like too into how I looked tan. (laughs) And I was like, I I need to, this is bad for me. Like I need to cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, to back to this match though, it's wonderful because they're, they wrestle really well. Um, but they also win kind of by cheating, which is sort of the the iconics, the iconics way of doing things at this point. Uh, and that, which is that they hold Sasha's arms. Uh, and also Sasha and Bailey work really, really well with them. I would say Sasha and Bailey work well with almost everybody, but there really is sort of a magic between these two tag teams here that I really, that very much enjoyed. Yeah. I mean, as happy as I am, like last night, uh, Bailey won money in the bank or as of recording this last night, Bailey won money in the bank and won the SmackDown women's championship. Um, and I'm so happy for her, but like, I would have loved to see her and Sasha like feud with the iconics and yeah, get more of the two, the two teams together. Cause I think I just like really loved this match, really loved their chemistry together. I loved Sasha taunting them and like making fun of their stupid little iconics pose. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, she I mean, like 
Speaking of, we're talking about how we love how much smack the Iconics talk in the ring. Sasha is also an all-time in-ring smack talker in like a For very sure. fun way. So yeah, it it's a bummer that uh, the boss and hug connection is no more because uh, it would have been real nice. But yeah, I just think like I'm I'm stressed because WWE two two things WWE tends to not do well with. Uh, in particular are booking women and booking tag teams. Yeah. So I'm very stressed out about the like trajectory of this women's tag team, but I just feel like if they're handled right, like they could be, they could have like such an amazing career. I think they also might have decent uh, precedents set for them because they do do a lot of stuff with the new day on up, up, down, down. And the new day has specifically said, if you ever break us up, we all walk. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hopefully they have had some of those values set in them in terms of like stand your ground. You have value. I don't think that even like breaking them up is necessarily bad. Like that could be a good story if they like break up and come back together or whatever. It's more just that like I just they don't tell these stories well. Like even with the New Day who are amazing, like the New Day has not had uh, Kofi is has been great, but the New Day hasn't had a ton of like amazing like Mm. stories i would say i actually disagree with that i thought the new day were used really effectively in the kofi story and the fact that kofi got the title shot because the new day like helped him and it was really like it it was it was kofi's story but it was also all of their story and all of them working together and that their friendship is what made kofi the stronger competitor yeah i think i misspoke Uh, i meant outside of the kofi story okay yeah like they've had like great matches and stuff with the usos but like they they just i wwe does not focus on telling tag team stories and so like that worries me and they also aren't good at telling women's stories no and so a women's tag team it's like i think they could be so amazing and if they had like the right creative team behind them i think they could be like really incredible and i'm not saying that that won't happen i'm just like i'm i'm stressed out about it because i love them so much and i just want them to have everything in the world yeah (laughs) i want that for them too I think that, like, I mean, there is a reason there wasn't a lot of written scripted promos in the materials I gave you guys, Mm -hmm. um, because they're not very good. Uh, (laughs) Like, the one in this, like, SmackDown match is one of the better ones, and it was okay, Yeah, uh, especially compared to, like, how good Billy and Peyton are just off the cuff. Yeah. Um, I, like, have to say I have a certain amount of faith in Billy Kay and Peyton Royce just because they seem so savvy. Um, yeah. Like I will use this as an example and it sounds silly, but like, hear me out the, like them getting the simultaneous boob jobs before going to the main roster <laughs> is awesome. And like a beautiful representation of friendship. And like, I told all my non-wrestling fans, fan friends about it. And they're like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but that's also really smart. Peyton yeah. Royce has been going progressively blonder since the year started. <laughs> very, very savvy. You're right. It's yeah. honestly like, it sounds stupid, but like it's pretty smart manipulation. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like I wish I wish that it wasn't that way, but like, yeah, you it, they're playing the game and the game sucks. But like, I should but they know how to play it. Yeah, yeah. So. And then playing it well will get me more uh, amazing iconics content, and I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, and it's there's so much content that we can't talk about within like the allotted time. But I think before we go, I just want to give a shout out to them being mean to Drake Maverick after they won the tag team titles. Just, and that entire video is uh, is a vision. Just 
pair them with a short man and let them be mean. And it's like magic. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. To bring it back to Johnny Gargano, when they won the tag team titles, <laughs> yeah. when he congratulated them on always Johnny. irritating him. Johnny! Johnny! Johnny, come to a match! <laughs> but yeah, the, the Drake Maverick thing is like, it's really good. It's it's super well done. They go around with the tag titles and just irritate everyone they possibly can <laughs> backstage. And it is truly just great. Of like, look at our plates. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they look beautiful? <laughs> it's it's I I cannot glow enough about it. Uh but there's all I hopefully there's gonna be miles more of iconics content. And there's a lot more that we didn't even discuss on this, such as them wearing matching leather jackets while bowling and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely oh, their best friend necklaces or the Billy K can't drive. <laughs> everything they do on Instagram. Um, yeah. There there's a YouTube compilation of their Snapchat stories and they're like incredible. They're so good. Yeah. The, it'll all be in the, in the Patreon notes for you guys. Uh, very enjoyable. Speaking of our Patreon and our Patreon notes, um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash If you sign up for that, um, we do episode guides for every episode. Uh, LB is the one who writes a lot of those. So this is them. Uh, we also have a Discord for uh, our patrons, which is a lovely place to talk about wrestling. We do two bonus episodes a month minimum. Uh, we got a bunch of fun stuff planned, so definitely check that out. Um, I also have What a Time to Be Alive is my other podcast um, that also has a Patreon. And uh, Lie, Cheat, and Steal is also launching a Patreon. I think it will be launched by the time this comes out. Ooh. So, yeah, Ooh. if you like uh, stories of scams and cons and stuff and you want more stories of scams and cons and stuff, check out that Patreon. Um, look at my Twitter for stand updates. I have a bunch of stuff this summer. It's going to be really fun. And I think that's all I have to plug. Um, if you want to hang out with me at the New York City Carly Rae Jepsen show, you can do that and whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I also I made a documentary with my dad about uh, gerrymandering and gerrymandering reform in Pennsylvania. And it also applies to a court case in North Carolina right now. And if you want to watch that, you can watch that documentary called Line in the Street at lineinthestreet.com. Um, and I'm going to pitch this one to LB for the final plug of the night. Cool. Yeah, I have a Patreon now uh, where I am doing hunkology, which is a field of study I made up and gave myself a doctorate in. Um, I have finally reached my goal. So by the time this comes out, I should have a piece of Keanuology up, which is a <gasps> special uh, sub genre. Um, where I explore the entire filmography and mythos of Keanu Reeves. And I'm very, very excited about it. Um, I'm so stoked for that. Yeah. <laughs> Could not Thank come you. at a I'm better time. <laughs> I I definitely didn't plan it, I promise. Uh, I <laughs> Happy John am, Wickmas. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I still haven't gone to see it. Um, hopefully I will have by the time this comes out. But also I cover WWE for Fanbyte Media, uh, which is fanbyte.com. You follow me on Hunk Tears. Usually my latest thing is like a pinned tweet. Uh, Fanbyte's great. I love the whole editorial staff. Like it's a good site to, you can, it's a site you can feel good about supporting. They let me be horribly mean to WWE. We're not covering any of the Saudi Arabia shows. Like we're doing good stuff. I believe in the people over there. So please oh, yeah. check it out for me so I can keep writing it because I'll get the clicks and then they'll keep getting me money. Thank Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, actually also, can I just say really quick, Kath, I did finally listen to lie cheats, 
deal for the first time. It's really good. Hey, thanks. Like, <laughs> you heard it here first, audience. Why <laughs> cheat and steal? Really good. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> I think that's our Iconics episode for now. So we love you. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Do you get eliminated? Like we've been eliminated. Oh, Captain Obvious over here. Yeah, we've been eliminated. We've just studied that hey? question. Hey, you got a journalism for that? You gotta be joking me. Cause out there, that was a, that was the real joke. That was the real joke.